Good morning, everybody. I hope you are up and at them and uh, ready to hear God's word this morning. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter number one, and we're going to look in Luke one and Luke two this morning. I want to say this. I want to uh, thank the Lord and, and praise God for his blessings. Uh, praise God for his provision and what he's done and putting together the team that he has put together here at Temple. Uh, uh, they have gone out of their way uh, just to make things happen. Uh, with everything that's going on with the virus and what we're having to do as far as the live stream and all these things going on, uh, I'm telling you, you could not ask for a better staff, a better team of people to lead you guys. And uh, I want you to be praying for them. Every single day, even last night, we're hearing of more and more people with the COVID being put in the hospital, uh, people passing away. We have family members of the church uh, who have lost this just this week, even yesterday. Uh, uh, it, it, is, it is rampant, and we are doing everything we can to help with that. And uh, I want you to be patient with this particular venue uh, in the way we're doing things and know that it's it's not going to be forever. Uh, We do what we have to do till we can do what we want to do. So just be praying for these families, praying for those that are grieving and uh, the funerals we've already had and those that are coming up uh, and just pray that God will get the glory out of it. Even in a dark time, he's a bright light. So I thank God for your team. Be praying for them. Uh, last week, last week we learned that there were two babies involved in the Christmas story. Many times we we only hear about the one baby, uh, the baby, but there were two. If you'll read in Luke chapter number one, you'll find out that there was two baby announcements. Uh, in in that particular uh, chapter, we find the announcement of John Baptist was first, the forerunner. The messenger. But then we find an announcement given to Mary, who we're going to read about today, and learn that he was the Messiah. We had the messenger and the Messiah. Last week we talked about John Baptist and the fulfillment of prophecy that took place. We learned that God will do what he said he will do. When God says it, it's going to happen. That God hears our prayers when we we ask and we, we present them to him. Even if his timing is not our timing, God still answers prayer. We learn that God has a plan. With all that's said and done, God has a plan. No matter what Satan tries to do, God has a plan. No matter what the world happens and what goes on, God has a plan and his plan will come to fruition. So we thank God for what we learned last week. Well, let's jump right in this morning and look at uh, the second baby, our Messiah, our Savior, the one we sing about. The one we preach about, the one we teach about. Look in Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 26. Verse number 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt, bring, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now, we're going to take those verses and use as an intro to get to the outline today. Uh, But let's jump over to chapter number 2. What we just read was the prophecy. We read the, the foretelling. We read the announcement of what's going to happen And let's look at the fulfillment when it did happen. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David. 
to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were going away from them into heaven, and shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now I want you to, I want you to focus on this last verse because this is, this is really where I want to get to eventually at the end of the message. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so grateful and thankful for the opportunity to share your word. Lord, it is such a privilege to be able to come and, and, and Lord, read your word and hear your word. It has been such a great day already. I've enjoyed the singing immensely. Uh, Lord, I love the Christmas spirit. I love the Christmas time. I love the Christmas songs. I love the Christmas messages. Lord, I pray right now that more than anything that you will receive glory, that you will receive honor. Lord, that they will look at you in a different light and look at you in a way that they need to and should, that you justly deserve. God, I pray that everything we do brings honor and glory and praise unto you. I thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I hope right where you are, all of our Coleman family, all of our Fairview family, listen, I want you to think about this. Here, here's, here's what I want you to do. This is the way we're going to do this. The first two points are going to be more of the introduction. And then we're going to get right into the outline in the third point and uh, really focus on what happens at his arrival in chapter number two. But this is what I want you to understand. Don't miss the ending. Don't miss the ending. Everything is about the ending. Everything is about the last point. Everything that we see, everything that we read, everything that we hear, it's all about the last point. You know, we hear people say all the time and, and use the phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. Man, that's true. It's not the presence. It's not the tree. It's not the lights. It's not the eggnog. It's not the hot cocoa. It's not all of these things that I really enjoy and I like all of it. It's about Jesus. But more specifically, the last point. And you'll see what I'm talking about here this morning. Now, the first thing I want to do just by way of introduction, let's look first at the baby's designation. The baby's designation. If you're writing down notes, just write this down. Number one, we see the baby's designation. The angel says to Mary, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. In verse 31, it says, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. Shalt call his name Jesus. Jesus. This name is a name which is above every name. This name is a name where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. There is no other name than this name. Uh, I think about different songs we've sung over the years. There is a name above all others. Wonderful to hear, bringing hope and cheer. It's the lovely name of Jesus Evermore the same, what a lovely name. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus, reaching higher far than the brightest star. 
sweeter songs than they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim what a lovely name. Through his name, there's wondrous power, power to redeem, making sinners clean. By his power, he cleansed the leper, opened blinded eyes, and caused the dead to rise. He'll return in clouds of glory. Saints of every race shall behold his face. With him enter heaven's city, ever to proclaim what a lovely name. I like this one. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its word. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. No other name like the name of Jesus. This song says his name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, he is the mighty king, master of everything. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, he's the great shepherd, the rock of all ages. Almighty God is he. Bow down before him, love and adore him. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, Jesus, my Lord, in the beginning, the disciples were preaching. The disciples were witnessing and evangelizing and they were preaching salvation in the name of Jesus. They were preaching healing in the name of Jesus. They were preaching forgiveness in the name of Jesus and they were arrested. They were arrested and listen, interviewed and interrogated and then threatened and said, listen, we don't care about your preaching. We don't care about your teaching, but don't preach in his name. Don't teach in his name. Oh, but Peter stood with confidence. Peter stood full of the Holy Ghost and said there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You see, we get salvation through his name. We pray in his name. We worship in his name. The Bible says, the Bible says in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. John 14 13 and 14. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there is power in the name of Jesus. I'm saying, listen, people come to hope in the name of Jesus. There has been more buildings built in this name than any other name. There's been more homeless shelter in this name than any other name. There's been more orphans uh, uh, adopted in this name than any other name. There's been more hungry fed in this name than any other name. More books have been written about this name than any other name. More songs have been written in this name than any other name. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. There is no other name that brings more hope. There is no other name that produces more passion and compassion for those who are needy than the name of Jesus. Jesus loves me, this I know, for my Bible tells me so. What a lovely name. We see his designation. His name is going to be called Jesus. Jesus, sweetest name I know. Number two, number two, not only do we see his designation, but I want you to see his destiny. His destiny, you see this baby, is not just any ordinary baby. This baby is not just another statistic. It's not just another number. It's not just another person to be born on this planet. No, this baby has a destiny to fulfill. The angel tells Mary in verse number 32 of chapter 1, He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. You see this baby has a destiny. I know there's a lot of, a lot of skeptics and there's a lot of atheists and there's a lot of people who are denying who he is and denying the fact that Jesus was born and said there's not going to be another coming. There's not going to be a return. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know God's word said it and it's going to come to pass. He is the great one. He is the soon coming king. He will come and rule and reign on this earth. 
Man, I hope you're shouting right where you are. I hope you're saying amen right where you are. We serve a coming king and one day we're going to be part of his destiny. Listen, his designation, his destiny, his destiny, he shall be great. He shall be great and called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end listen number three that's that's the intro that's that's the intro we see his designation and we see his destiny now now that's that's the prophecy that's what the angel said would take place and come to pass and and now we find a virgin has conceived a virgin is with child and now they are on their way to bethlehem now, a lot of times we look at the scriptures and see how, how bad things God can use to bring good. All things work together for good to them to love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. We find that they, they, they are in Nazareth. But you see, the Old Testament said he was going to come out of Bethlehem. And so now, now word is out that they have to be taxed and they have to go to their home city. And so he has to go to Bethlehem. Just like God said it would happen. It was exactly the way God said it would be. What are you saying? I'm saying this. God can take something bad. I don't know anybody that enjoys paying taxes. I don't know anybody that enjoys. I sure don't know one pregnant woman who is nine months pregnant and ready to give birth that wants to travel by way of probably probably on a donkey to another another town. I know that is all bad, but God used the bad to bring out his purpose and his plan. Now, this is really not part of the message, but I want to share this with you. When stuff happens, know that God's got a plan. No matter what the devil tries to do, and I'm telling you, the devil will pull some stuff on people. And no matter what's happening in your life, no matter how bleak it looks, no matter how bad it looks, understand this, that there is something going on behind the scenes that God is always working and he is always moving in even when we don't know it. Even when we don't see it, God is behind the scenes working all the bad out for our good. Joseph said it this way. He told his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God can take every evil thing that comes against you. God can take every trap. God can take every device. God can take every tragedy, every situation that comes into your life, and he can put it in his hands and mold it and make it. For your good. Please don't give up on God. Don't quit on God. Don't think God has abandoned you. God is working behind the scenes. I'm sure the idea of paying these taxes was a burden to Joseph. I'm sure this trip was a great burden to this this mother who was about to give birth. I know it looked bleak and it looked difficult, but God was working behind the scenes to make sure that his word was true and to make sure what he said would come to pass. So we see in in chapter number two, we find the fulfillment of his prophecy. In chapter two, we learn about his delivery. If you're taking notes, write that down. We see the baby and his designation, the baby and his destiny. Now let's look at the baby and his delivery. This is the Christmas story. Obviously, we sing about his birth. We sing about that, that night, silent night, holy night. We sing about those things about the surrounded and, 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 and considers his birth. But let's look at these just three quick things and then we'll pray. First, I want you to see his humble arrival. His humble arrival in Luke chapter number two. <clears throat> Luke chapter number two. The Bible says she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the end. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying the king of all kings, the prince of heaven, the very son of God came in a humble fashion, in a humble way. He came and instead of being born in the best hospital, instead of being born in the king's palace, instead of being born with the best of the best, they had no room for the Lord Jesus. They had no room for this expectant mother And they had to take shelter in the best place they could find. And 
God came into this world as a man at the lowest form, at the lowest place, in the most humble way that could ever be given. He came and was laid in a manger in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, 2 says this, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. You see, there was nothing special about this baby. There was nothing attractive about this baby. When he grew up, he wasn't a standout because of his looks. He wasn't a standout because of his background, because of his his heritage. There was nothing about him attractive. And you say, why would that be? In Philippians chapter 2, we learn. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. You see, God became flesh and dwelled among us. We said his name is Emmanuel, God with us. God in all his splendor, God in all his glory, and all of his majesty, Jesus set that aside and he took upon him the form of a man. He made himself of no reputation. Nobody would think highly of him. Nobody would be attracted to him. He came in a humble way. He became, listen, a man. He humbled himself and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in likeness of man. I have to say this. I have to say this. Why would that take place? Why would he do it in that fashion? Well, the prophecy said he would, so it would have to be fulfilled. But I want to submit this to you, that Jesus came in a way where he could reach out to whosoever Jesus came in a way. He said, foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. You see, Jesus can relate to the king in the palace, but Jesus can relate to the homeless under the bridge. Jesus can relate to the greatest of the great, but Jesus can reach down and relate to the lowest of the low. Thank God we have a Savior who knows what we feel. Thank God we have a Savior who can reach way down to where we are are. He can relate and understand and feel what we feel. No matter what classification you are in life, no matter where your financial portfolio takes you, it doesn't matter how high you are. It doesn't matter how low you are. You have a savior who knows how you feel. You have a savior who can relate to your situation. You have a savior who's been where you are. You say, preacher, I have everything. He's been there. You say, preacher, I've got nothing. I am totally bankrupt. I am totally empty. Well, he's been there. There. He's been there. He, we see a Savior with a humble arrival. A Savior with a humble arrival. Then B, I want you to see, I want you to see the heavenly announcement. The heavenly announcement. Oh, my stars. You have a Father in heaven who's excited. You have a Father in heaven who's thrilled. You have a Father in heaven who's proud and who loves His Son. So when his son does arrive, he has to send out a birth announcement. And the Bible says in the same country, there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I want you to look at this announcement. Look at this announcement. It says, fear not. I bring you good tidings, good news, good news. You know what the word gospel means? Good news. I bring you the gospel. I bring you good news. This good news will produce great joy. 
Good news will produce great joy. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that the gospel can reach every person. The gospel can reach the lowest of the low. The gospel can reach the highest of the high. Nobody is out of bounds when it comes to the gospel. He says, go preach the gospel to every creature. Go preach the gospel to every person. Go preach it to the rich. Go preach it to the poor. Go reach it. Listen, preach it to the up and preach it to the down. Preach the gospel. Tell them the good news that produces great joy. Why would it produce great joy? Because I'm on my way to hell a hundred miles an hour and Jesus came by my way and every sin I've committed, every disobedient act, every rebellious response to God, Jesus wiped my sin away. He didn't just forgive me of my sin. He removed my sin as far as the east is from the west. He saved my soul. He's made me a home in heaven. One day I'm going to be on the street of gold. One day I'm going to see the walls of Jasper. One day I'm going to be in the presence of Christ. Honey, that is good news. That is good news. And that brings great joy to me. Listen, the more distress, the more I see on this earth, the more sickness and the more death and the more funerals and the more despair and distress. It brings great joy to me to know that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. That this is not all we have to look forward to. This is not all there is to life. When I walk up to a casket and I see my loved one there that is a brother or sister in Christ, I have great joy knowing that this is not the end. That it's not all over. That I'm just saying I'll see you in a little while. Oh, weeping endures for a night but joy comes in the morning because of this good news because of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ I have great joy knowing that this is not our final home in the darkness we see ladies and gentlemen if you're saved you realize this is all the hell you're ever going to go through this is all the distress you're ever going to go through we're going to a place where there's no, no crying We're going to a place where there's no sorrow. We're going to a place where according to the book of Revelation, God shall wipe away every tear from their eye. Oh, I hope that this story brings you great joy. I know it's discouraging right now. I'm telling you, I know, and I'm talking to family after family after family who is sending me messages and calling me and saying, hey, my loved one has got the COVID now. My loved one's in the hospital. Oh, we're seeing one death after the other. But ladies and gentlemen, all this is going to be soon over with. All this is just a passing nightmare. We're going to make it through this. We're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. We have great joy because we have a king in heaven who sees it all. Listen, <clears throat> this, this heavenly announcement, it, it is an announcement of joy. It is good news that produces great joy. For who? For who? It says to all people, not just to the Jewish people, but to all people, not just to the good people, but to the bad people, not, not just for the rich people, but for the poor people. You know, there's a lot of announcements we get on the news and announcements we get through the government and saying, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. We're going to have this tax break or that tax break. And you know what? It seems like all the good news is for everybody, but who you are, but I'm glad this good news it's for all people. Nobody, nobody misses out. Nobody is skipped over. Nobody is deleted. Nobody is left out of these good news. What is the good news? For unto you, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior. The word Savior means deliverer. A deliverer, a hero. Everybody's looking for a hero. Everybody loves a good movie with a good hero in it. And I'm glad we have a hero and his name is Jesus. We have a hero. We have a savior. We have a deliverer. And his name is Jesus. 
Listen, this baby's designation, his destiny, his delivery. We see a humble arrival, a heavenly announcement. Now is the message. Now is the message. We, We see all that takes place and it's really cool. Man, it's really cool. All my life, all my life, man, my favorite time of the year was Christmas. I loved everything about, everything about what we did at Christmas. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the Christmas tree and the lights and all that stuff. All that stuff's cool too. I liked all that. But man, I loved church at that time. I grew up in a real traditional church and, 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 and kind of a country church, if you will. Uh, and, and we always had a Christmas pageant. We always had a hayride. We always had hot chocolate and chili on the on the Christmas pageant night, whatever the Sunday was before Christmas, and 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 never failed. We would put together something where all the kids would have a a little play, a little pageant, and 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 man, we've had we. I, I told people before, I've been everything in the I've been everything in the Christmas play. I've been Jesus, a baby in a manger. I, I've been Jesus, twelve years old, confounding the wise in the temple. I've been Jesus on the cross. I've been I've been donkeys and sheep and shepherds and angels. I've been it all. I've been it all. I, I played every part in the Christmas pageant. And man, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I loved uh, uh, all the, the the feeling, especially when it would get cold. I, you know, I grew up in South Florida, and when it would get cold, it was just feel Christmassy and and all the lights and and being able to see family and all of these things. And you know, I, I'm afraid that sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes we get so caught up in the festivities that we forget what it's all about. And, and I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Oh, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the seat. Yes, I know. I know that. I know that. I understand that. There's no, I'm not disputing that one bit. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about the, the, the Christmas tree. It's not about the Christmas lights. It's not about the gifts under the tree. It's not about uh, a family reunion and fried turkey or baked turkey, whichever your deal is, or ham or however. I, I, I understand that Jesus is the reason for the season. But here's what I want you to understand. What is God expecting out of us in this season? What is God expecting out of us? You see, he's expecting more than for us just to know that Jesus is the reason for the season. Knowing and saying Jesus is the reason for the season is not enough. And please hear what I'm saying. I'm telling you, this is the message right here. This is what God wants to tell you. Knowing that Jesus is the reason for the season. And telling people that Jesus is the reason for the season. Putting, typing in on, on your Facebook, on your, on your uh, uh, social media, hey, Jesus is the reason for the season. That doesn't make you a better Christian than anybody else. That, that doesn't fulfill what God is expecting out of us during this season. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. We see his humble arrival. His humble arrival. We see his heavenly announcement. We see his heavenly announcement. But here's the most important part. I want you to see the holy accomplishment. The holy accomplishment. Say it right where you are. Coleman, Fairview, all our church family, right where you're sitting. If you're sitting in your living room, if you're sitting in your car, if you're sitting in your, wherever you're sitting, it doesn't matter. Say this with me. There was a holy accomplishment. What was accomplished in this whole story in chapter number two? I want you to, I want to show you two different sets of verses. Look what the Bible says in verse number 13. Verse number 13. The angel is given the message to the shepherds. The angel just said that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angel just laid out God's message to them. And watch what it says in verse 13. And suddenly, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. What were they doing? Praising God. Say it with me right where you are. Praising God. Say it louder like you mean it. Wake the children up. Praising God. Praising God. And saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
They were praising God, saying, glory to God. Say it with me. Glory to God. Say it with me, everybody. Glory to God in the highest. They were praising and glorifying God. Praising and glorifying God. Now let's, 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 let's skip on down a few more verses. Look in verse number 20. Look in verse number 20. And the shepherds returned. What were they doing? Glorifying and praising God. Glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was told unto them. Preacher, what are you saying? They were praising God for what they saw. They were praising God for what they heard. Listen, the ultimate accomplishment of salvation, the ultimate accomplishment of having church, the ultimate accomplishment of worship and gathering together, the ultimate accomplishment of the season is to bring glory and honor to God. The reason he was born was to bring honor and glory to God. The reason he was sent was to bring honor and glory to God. So, oh, preacher, he was sent. To remove our sins. He was sent to so we could find hope in him. That's exactly right. But do you know what we're going to do when we are forgiven of our sin? Do you know what we're going to do when we find hope in him? You know what the redeemed are going to do? They're going to say so. The redeemed of the Lord will say so. The redeemed of the Lord will praise God for his love. They'll praise God for his forgiveness. They'll praise God for his provision. They'll praise God for an old rugged cross. They'll praise God for salvation. They'll bring glory and honor to him. You see, the reason of the season is not just Jesus. The reason for the season is to give us an opportunity to bring him glory and to bring him praise and to worship and adore him to do what the wise men did. They came and adored him and worshiped him. The Bible says, let your, your, your light shine before men. Why? That they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. The whole purpose of creation is the glory of God. The whole purpose of salvation is the glory of God. The whole purpose of forgiveness is the glory of God. The whole purpose of God saving you, changing you, putting your foot on a rock, putting a new song in your mouth. Listen, giving you and providing for you and your family is so that you would glorify and praise him. Everything is for his glory. Everything is for his glory. Isaiah 43, 7. Oh, help us, Lord. Isaiah 43, 7. Even everyone that is called by my name. Watch this. For I have created him for my glory. I've created him for my glory. Psalm 50, verse 23. I love this. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. Whoso offereth praise glorifies me. In other words, everyone that praises him brings him glory. Who offereth praise glorifies me. Ephesians 1.11 In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Watch this. What is that purpose that we should be to the praise of his glory. That we should be to the praise of his glory. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Listen at me real good, ladies and gentlemen. All of you that are watching online, all of you that are in, tuning in to this service, I want you to know that the reason for the season is for God's people to give Him glory. It's for everyone on earth to recognize that there is a Savior. And it is to all people so that all people will come and recognize and give Him praise and give Him glory. 
You see, the angels are giving him glory. The shepherds are giving him glory. One day, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is king and they will give him glory. Do you realize that Jesus said, if we hold our peace, if we hold our praise, if we hold our offering glory unto him, that the rocks and the trees, his creation will cry out in honor and praise to our creator. Oh, please help me. Help me today. Help me to praise him. Help me to praise him. Whosoever praises him glorifies him. He said, if you will offer him praise, it brings glory to him. Oh, today praise him. Praise him right where you preacher. I don't have what I want, but you have what you need. Praise him. Oh, preacher, preacher, I, I, I'm, I'm lacking in so many things, but oh, you have so much. Praise him. Praise him when you get up. Praise him when you eat your dinner. Praise him when you lay your head on your pillow. Every time you think about it, praise him and offer him glory because you have good news. Good news. Good news. Unto us a Savior is born. Listen, give him glory, praise, and honor. Oh, if you're breathing, if you're breathing. Listen, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. <clears throat> And this is it. This is all I'm going to say. This is all I'm going to say. In the book of Revelation, they're worshiping him. In Revelation, at the end of Revelation chapter 4 and the beginning of Revelation chapter 5, they're, they're, they're crying out and they're glorifying him with the song that says, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. He's worthy of our songs. He's worthy of our sacrifice. He's worthy of our praise and our adoration. He's worthy of our commitment to him. Now watch what it says. In, in, in the end of chapter 4 verse 11, it says, Thou art worthy for thou hast created all things. And all things were created for thy pleasure. They are and were created. What does that mean? All of creation should praise him. All of creation should bring him glory. That means it doesn't matter if you're saved or lost. You should, you should praise him. You should glorify him. You should recognize him as your creator. He's the creator. We're the creature. He's the potter. We're the clay. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. And it doesn't matter whether you're saved or not. You should bring him glory. Simply because he's your maker. That first song in Revelation 4.11 said everything. That's why. That's why the, the Bible says, let everything that hath breath, what? Praise the Lord. The, 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 the writer knew that every person is not saved there. Every, every single human being on this earth is not a believer in Christ and is not born again and is not saved. Their name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. But it didn't matter. The psalmist said, let everything that hath breath, Praise the Lord. That means you owe him praise whether you're saved or not. Just by, just by virtue of creation. He deserves your praise. He deserves your glory because he made you. But then it goes into chapter number five. And for all you believers out there, for all you saved folks out there, the Bible said they begin to sing a new song. You see, the old song was, he's worthy because he made us. But this new song says, thou art worthy, for thou hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every kindred, nation, and tongue. What does that mean? He's, he's double worthy. He, he is double worthy. He's worthy because he made me. And if you're a child of God, he's worthy because he saved me. He's worthy because he spoke me into existence. He formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils a breath of life. And he became a living soul. Everyone that hath breath ought to praise and glorify him. But oh, oh, you that are saved, you that are born again, <clears throat> you that know the Lord, you should praise him double. You should praise him even more because he took you and he redeemed you. That means to buy back. You were a, a slave on the auction block of sin. You were in bondage of sin and he saved you. He redeemed you. He bought you with his own blood. You owe him praise. You owe him glory. 
You owe him honor. You owe him adoration. You should love him double because he made you and because he saved you. You see, the reason for the season, the reason for the season is for us to bring him glory and bring him honor. Yes, it's good news that I can be forgiven, but that's not the end. My forgiveness is not, is not the sole purpose of Jesus coming. Yes, he, he loved the whole world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, that, 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 that is a, a great thing. And that is wonderful. But why do you think he saves you? Why do you think he redeems you? I'll tell you why. So you will turn around and return glory and praise and honor to him. You see, out of all of God's characteristics, there's only one that can be magnified. There's only one that can be changed or have more of. You see, he can't have any more wisdom because he's already got all wisdom. He has all knowledge. He knows everything. Listen, he, he already has all power. He's omnipotent. He has all power. He can't get any more powerful than what he is. He's got all power. He can't be any more, any, any more places than he already is because he's, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. He knows everything. He is everywhere at the same time. He is all powerful. All those characteristics of God, none of them can be magnified because he's got them all. What is the one characteristic of God that can be magnified or be more of? It's his glory. Why do you think he's so jealous of his glory? Why do you think he's so protective of his glory? Why do you think he said, I will give my glory to none other? You see, God saved you because he wants you to bring him glory. Nobody can glorify him like somebody that's been saved. Somebody that knows they were a sinner. That knows they were on their way to hell. That knows they did not deserve him or his sacrifice or his forgiveness. But yet out of his grace and mercy and love, he forgave us. Oh, because of that, we should, we should just, we should run. We should run to give him glory. We should run to praise him. We should be like the angels of heaven, glorifying and praising him. We should be like the poor shepherds. (laughs) that glorified and praised him. When's the last time you just had a praising fit? You just started thanking God for all the stuff he's done for you. You started thanking God for making you. You started thanking God for creating you. You started thanking God for giving you air to breathe. You started thanking God for putting you on this planet and having a purpose for your life. When's the last time you thanked God and praised him for forgiving you? When's the last time you you praised him and glorified him just because he's God and he deserves it? Please, please, the purpose, the reason for the season is to bring glory and honor to him. Let's be like the angels. Let's be like the shepherds and magnify our Lord. Church, say amen right where you are. I want to do this before we, we dismiss and close. If you're watching and you're, you're going to give him praise because he made you, because you're not saved yet. Let me tell you, it's a whole lot better being saved. It's a whole lot better knowing Jesus as your Savior. You see, listen, God has made it so easy. He came humbly in his arrival. He walked humbly on this earth, made himself as a servant took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of man. He made salvation easy just for you. You don't have to have have a bunch of knowledge. You don't have to have a bunch of money. You don't have to know the right people. All you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. And thou shalt be saved. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're watching right now, say, preacher, what do I need to know? Well, number one, you need to know that you're a sinner. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. 
All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You must, you must, number two, understand there's a penalty for that sin. You see, God's not gonna, God's not gonna sweep anything under the rug. The wages of sin in Romans 6 23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that seems bad. We're a sinner. And sin must be paid for. I got good news. It says, but God commendeth his love toward us. Commendeth means to put on display. But God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, he died for you and he died for me. He paid my sin debt and he can pay your sin debt. We have to know that we're a sinner. We have to believe with all of our heart that Jesus came and he died and he rose again. And he said, all we have to do is call on him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10. So what what does it mean? What's it like to call on him if you'd like to? If you'd like to call on the Lord right now, right where you're sitting, I can lead you through it. But you got to do it on your own. You got to do it truly with your heart. The Bible says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. This is Romans 10. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you're ready to believe with all your heart in the Lord Jesus and put your faith in him and what he did on the cross, I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to pray and mean this with all your heart. Ask God to forgive you. Just pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Right where you're at, pray. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus came and he died and he rose again. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus came and he died and he rose again. And the best that I know how, the best that I know how, I ask you to forgive me and to save me. I ask you to forgive me and to save me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I'd love to get in touch with you. We've got some information that we'd like to send you. What's the next step? You see, this is just the beginning. This is the beginning of your journey and your walk with the Lord Jesus, the greatest friend you'll ever know. And if you, you prayed that prayer and you're watching by way of social media, if you'll, if you'll comment, I prayed the prayer. We're going to get in contact with you. We'll send you a note. Uh, we want to get you some information to help you all that we can. And if we can help anybody else out there, you please just comment and we'll, we'll get in contact with you. But whatever you do, whatever you do this Christmas season, give Him glory. Whatever you do this Christmas season, I want you to give Him honor and praise for everything. And all God's people say it right where you are. You say it with me. Amen. Amen.